Hello friends and welcome to Kosher Style Stories by Barbara Hannah Austin. If you love a good story, you're in for a treat. So sit back and relax and listen to Barbara. Travels with Rhoda. A story in several parts. First part, a bowl of exotic flowers. When my sister decided we should go to the Montreal Museum of Fine Art, the only thing that could dissuade her would have been an abduction by aliens. Although it was in French, I was pretty sure the sign at the border entering Canada read, no guns, no drugs, alcohol, or aliens, so we were safe. We were on our way to see Revolution, the 1960 Beatles retrospective. Parking the evening in question was, we were told, impossible. With that in mind, and after 25 minutes of around, up, down, in alleys, back streets, illegal hotel car parks, and many stationamenta into D, or don't even think about pulling in here, Locke was with us, and we spotted down a back alley, a car park, not far from our desired destination. When the attendant pointed to the roof of the museum a stone's throw from where we were, we, the dyslexic duo, let out, and in unison, a deep sigh of relief. Yearly, when I visit my kid sister in the White Mountains, we go on a fun journey. Montreal was then celebrating its 375th anniversary, and rumor had it, the joint was jumping. It was the first day, and as we took turns paying for meals, it was my turn, and I chose the museum's Urbane Beaux Arts Bistro. Here we could eat, and still be in a place where we couldn't get lost even if we tried. As we entered, we were escorted by a tightly tuxedoed gentleman who walked us to our seat at the far end of the dining establishment. On the way, we passed a sizable arrangement of exotic fresh flowers, perhaps for a special occasion for celebrants not yet arrived. This was the same bouquet that, upon my return from the powder room, found its way to sit between us on the starch white linen cloth. So, what did you do to deserve this gift? I laughed, looking at my sister. Nothing. I just thought it looked better here than there, she sang. It was a trial not to hit her over the head with a blasted vase, but I took a deep breath, and as we were in a public place, didn't fly off my hair-trigger handle. The waiter, however, tossed from under his black handlebar mustache a pseudo-smile, and in high gear our order was taken. The quick turn on the tips of his black patent leathers alerted me. This was not a kosher situation. My trout was fine. Her shepherd's pie was overly laced with thyme and inedible. We shared my trout, finishing with coffee and giggles. Mr. Mustachio handed me the check with a click of his heels. I had all I could do, not to say Sig Heil, as I thought it might not go over too well. I was in luck that night, and they didn't take my Discover card, so my cheeky sister Rhoda had a pony up. I chugged down another gulp of coffee not to smile. Lost, found, and then some. We left the Montreal Museum of Fine Art after loving everything Beatles. John, Paul, Ringo, and George were ours. Revolution, the Beatles retrospective, would stay with us forever, reminding us of our kaleidoscope dreams, Sassoon haircuts, and strawberry fields forever. We were young again for a little while. At the bottom of the museum steps, we turned left toward our nearby outdoor car park down the alley. It was my job to remember the street name near where the alley ducked behind a building. 
I repeated it, Rue Drummond, over and over again, and I knew I'd remember it because of the old radio show Bulldog Drummond. My sister's job was to remind me by asking what was my favorite radio show when I was a kid. We had it handled. Rue Drummond wrote a sang out, Look, it's just over there. See, I told you we'd find our way back. It was dark, raining, and the street light was out. But when we were close enough to see, it read Rue de la Montagne. We stood under the broken umbrella salvaged out of a garbage can earlier, so there was nothing to do but embrace and marvel at our chutzpah to undertake travel, because once again we were lost. I hugged my sister reassuringly, who, by the way, kept telling me that she knew we'd be all right somehow, when over her shoulder, across the wrong street, two bright globe lights shone in the dark. We, by divine interception, had stumbled into the SPVM Service de la Police de la Ville de la Montreal. Here we were once again, lost and laughing at ourselves. We shook our heads at our predisposed topographical disorientation and the nerve we had to brave the trip. Rhoda was escorted to the back of the police car. The two rear windows were barred. I was in the passenger seat, and through the rearview mirror, I saw my swarthy sister grow pale. Tan, a young Vietnamese police officer, now our escort, spoke English with a French accent. I was raised speaking French, so I do well here, he winked. We are going just around the corner, he remarked. It is the south side of the Museum of Fine Art that you want, and you are on the north side. It seemed he was holding back a chuckle and smiled. Oh, my God, a dimple, I thought. He has a dimple. I love and adore dimples, and held my lips tightly together, lest I quell. It was not more than one minute when we pulled into the elusive, to us, outdoor parking lot. Yours is the red car, right? Tan smiled. Yes, we're driving a red car, Rhoda, and I chimed in unison. Since it was quite late and very dark, Tan switched his brights on and saw that every car in the outdoor parking lot was red. Taking a deep breath, Officer Tan turned halfway round to address both Rhoda and me at the same time. Rona, he said in a voice a bit too soothing. Now, ladies, you do know which of these cars is yours, no? Yes, sir, we do know our car. My name is Rhoda, not Rona, my sister blurted out as she felt he was on the rim of being nasty and would go back to the station house with a damn good story about us. I was surprised to see my sister upset. As all of our lives, she was the calmer one and the one who smoothed stuff over that I would get angry about. Today, however, was not then, and tonight she allowed her cool to cook. Tan put the car in park and came around to open my door. I got out and thanked him for his help, even though we were just around the corner from where we started out. I had to see his dimples one more time. So with a wave goodbye and a giggle, I turned and mimed that he should examine his zipper. It wasn't open but he laughed and I got another look at his delightfully dented cheek. My sister was already in the driver's seat when she stepped hard on the gas and drove off without fortunately seeing the smile on my face. We arrived at our hotel and headed for the bar and the martini we had promised ourselves earlier. The truth was that we had promised one another that we would gift ourselves and imbibe if we didn't yet again get lost. We got lost, we got found, we were together, and a martini never tasted so good. This is called Good Night, K-N-I-G-H-T. We were lost our first hour in Montreal, but it taught me a lesson. The next time, should I ask a question like, 
Is there a GPS in the car? I will ask, does it work? Of the myriad of Good Samaritans in the City of Saints, a.k.a. Sin City, there is one who has taken up permanent residency in my heart. Ramon was a well-muscled, tattooed, and most of all kind man who asked to be called Ray. Emblazoned across the chassis of his truck was Ramon Sylvestre Lacroix Nuhalons. It was a truck that hauled things. It was a hauling truck. Our knight had slightly rusty armor and was three doors down from handsome, and the one who would lead us to a hotel he knew well. It would not be long before we would know why. We spotted his name on the side of his truck, and at the same time he spotted us, two ladies reading a map upside down. A Gratuity of Note Rhoda drove close to Ray's truck in this not-too-foreign country of Canada to prevent us from getting lost for the umpteenth time. After a short drive, we pulled into the parking de la Hotel in tandem behind a darkened marquee. When they run out of rooms, the lights dim. But not to worry, Ramon assured us. I arranged the accommodations. At the time, we were so verklempt that we naively put our trust in this handsome stranger, and now we were parked at the hotel he led us to. We both felt quite pleased with ourselves. The entrance of the hotel was elegant, but not too. It was cranberry, red, gold, quite regal, wrote of the artists of the twosome announced. Well, my petit shoe, I must leave, so give us a kiss. He puckered and reached out for us as one, bear-hugged and lifted us in the air just for a moment. The next few seconds, although something of a blur, as it happened in breakneck speed, Ray reached around us and pinched our respective bottoms, flew in the driver's seat of his truck he called his dog box, and was gone. We stood shocked, enchanted, giddy, and possibly even a bit flattered that Ramon Sylvester Lacroix had taken his gratuity without asking. Then again, how would he ask two over-the-hill ladies if they would mind getting goosed? Going home, thank God. This is the question I ask. Do trials and tribulations encounter take a back seat to unfeigned laughter? You tell me. That said, we never did get out of our own way. There were more times than we will admit a kind soul was stopped along whatever street we happened to be on who would help us find our way back to our car, hotel, restaurant, and even the washroom. The title of the savvier sister that I gave myself was bashed at lunch one day when I queried for the bathroom and was told there are no baths in the public eating establishment in Montreal. On the way home, it was about 30 minutes or so before the border when Honey, do we need our passports to leave the country, was asked. The shrug of her shoulders said it all. She didn't know. My passport was in the skinny wallet in the back pocket of my jeans. Rhoda was not sure where hers was, but thought it could be in the suitcase, and should that be the case, we were in trouble. Earlier, I watched her pack, but over the years, I've learned to keep my big mouth shut. I shuddered to think about the motley eruption that will for sure happen if the required passport is in her luggage. Border Crossing the officer at the border crossing had upper arms and thighs equal in size that strained against the fabric of his uniform. With a hand on his holster, Rhoda opened the window to hear what the officer had to say. Let me see your passports, he barked. He seemed angry as we focused on him in the dark. I showed him mine, but my sister had no passport. I think it's in my suitcase in back of the car, she nervously answered. Open your door slowly and step out of the car. Close the door. After you're out, keep your hands where I can see them, he said flatly. She did what she was told and got escorted to the rear of the car. 
Lift the trunk and point to your suitcase was followed by. Listen carefully to my direction and do exactly what I tell you. Open the suitcase and step away from the vehicle. Tell me where you think your passport is. I had never seen my sister the shake until now. My stomach clenched. I stayed quiet. At the click of her suitcase, I was able to see, in the rearview mirror, silk-flowered pajamas fly as if shot from a cannon, along with spanks, a menu, pill bottles, and other pieces of clothing now on the ground. A second elapsed when Rhoda bravely asked if she could reach into the side pocket of the suitcase where the passport might be. Thankfully, it was. It was handed to Thunder Thighs, who trumpeted, Walk slowly to the front of your car, get in and close the door. My breath... Now back to its regular cadence, I closed my eyes, opened the window, and said a heartfelt thank you to the night sky. Kosher Style Stories are written and read by Barbara Hannah Austin, with episodes produced and edited by me, E.L. Richards, for Fat Femme Media in association with Big Shtick Productions. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you're listening to this right now. You can also help others find Kosher Style Stories by giving us five stars and leaving a detailed review. We promise to read all of your comments. Thanks for listening.